0: bandwidth for erotic awakening is provided by what's in a name studio truvert has created some special floggers at what's in a name studio and you can find that page in our show notes today built via his love for sean too these floggers and custom single tails are have to be seen to be believed check out the link in today's show notes for some special toys at what's in a name studio We are indeed a little late in getting this episode of the podcast out. We've got a lot going on and uh, just finished a couple events back to back, but I think we're about to get back on track.
1: I hope so. I like recording once a week. Well, I don't like using the term, but I Jones. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently so does the dog. Um,
0: So we have, uh, today we are going to talk to the famous Chicagoan Ruffin Murado about smokers and smokers they tell me are like munches are to uh restaurants and Kingsters. they're the the cigar version of that
1: yeah it's hard it's smokers well we'll be talking about smokers going to a smoker as well so <laughs> well,
0: there you go <laughs> but it's very it. interesting that the the whole um gather together and smoke cigars instead of gather around plates of french fries
1: yeah well, I know there's um, a group here in Columbus too that actually gather around are they called hookahs?: Yes, so they gather around hookahs. I'm not sure what they call their their gatherings, so but yeah, they concentrate on hookahs and they're in a hookah bar. Mm-hmm. So that's a little different. and um, but I know the cigars are really getting popular, and even for PXS. You know, we were asked if we could have a smoking area for that this year. And yep. though there's been a smoking area, there hasn't been a smoking area, you know, where people can really pull out the cigars and, you know, make an evening of right. it. Right.
0: And the, the idea of an ash bash is a little more common on the leather side of the street. Mm-hmm. But now it's starting to make its way into the kink side of things as well. So for those uh, interested in that, we'll have an interview on that coming up later in the show. But before we get there, we have um, a little bit of business. We just came back from the fantastic floating world and met all kinds of awesome people there.
1: We did. So there was all kinds of people there. You know what was really neat, though, was how many podcast listeners were there. So each of our classes were filled with podcast listeners. Mm -hmm. So I can remember... uh Uh-oh, I'm not going to be able to remember all the names. I bet you wrote some down. I I wrote a few (gasps) down. Hopefully you wrote
0: a few down as well. Uh, I know we ran into um, Adele and Stan and, and... Rob and Barb from the Philly, who we've actually met before when we were in Philly, and they were grateful yeah. graciously reminded us that they were in that huge class for that huge thing we did in Philly with four people that showed up, which ended <laughs> up being a that- very nice class by the way. Oh, it
1: was. It ended up being more of an intensive than a presentation, which I, I really like. So, when we have small classes, you can actually develop relationships with people, and that was at Passional, the Passional exactly. store in yes, Philly. Exactly, yes, yes. And, um, oh, we've actually... Oh, never mind. So we had Steve from Rhode Island. And Steve was pretty cool because he talked to me before the class. And then he talked to you before the class. And he was in Beric and Sheba's class and talked to them for a while. Very nice guy. Lots of nice, great things to say. And I think his partner wrote each of us in a couple of times.
0: Yeah, his partner, Puddle, said that they talked uh, for about five hours straight on the ride home from Rhode Island. And I told him... Uh, or to Rhode Island and I told them, you know, that's really what when you and I go to a class and when we listen to a presenter, that's you know, if we get and we suddenly we're pulling into our driveway, we're still talking about the class uh-huh. that's like our oh wow, that must have been a really fucking that's good class. Really good that's class. the stamp of approval. So although I don't I know they don't know that, but that's thank you very much for that uh, comment.
1: So and um gosh and I can picture some faces too. But there was also Jim and Lisa from Jersey. So we, we met them and spent a little bit of time with them and actually, oh yeah, what were we talking about? Something about the difference between swingers and poly and I've gone looking for a candy bar for you. And I got to the hotel little convenience store that was oh, right, right next right, to right, the right, check-in, right. and so I'm trying to find you a candy bar. And we just stood there and talked for a while, and then I realized I had a candy bar in my hand, and I'm like, "Oh, I need to get back to Master's room." <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> I had a candy, to my candy bar, bar.
0: <laughs> uh, and then uh, we got our flirt on with Trouver and Chantus. Uh, mm-hmm. By the way, thank you, Trouver, for the front bump to today's cl- podcast. Um, You know, but
1: but that was kind of neat. That was their first big event, mm -hmm. first big weekend event. So it's kind of neat seeing it through somebody else's eyes as well. You know, so to see the event like new, you know, through somebody else. It was neat watching their experience.
0: Uh, And I do want to say that the winner of the, or the current, and it's not, the year's not over yet. So as we've, I have uh, uh, elected Steve from Rhode Island as the number one stalker fan, United States only. Not not Canada, but United States' favorite stalker fan. And it's really not fair. He's only been to one of our classes. (laughs) That is one event that we've been at. But uh, I'm still electing him anyway, nominating him for the uh, favorite favorite stalker of the United States. Uh, The favored FetLife Nick so far is, and this is the actual Nick, we are fucking fun. (laughs) I like that. The way they write it on their little card is we are fucking fun on FetLife. So that's fun nice. too. So nice. we're fucking fun is the winner of the current or the current winner of the or nominee nominee, I should say. See what happens when you don't podcast for a while. <laughs> Your language gets a little bumpy.
1: So, and I'm actually picturing people in my uh, in the classes. That I, I remember their real names and not their FET names. So I can picture their faces and I can remember their real names, but I can't give them a shout out. So, so he,
0: here's a, the, a funny story that, and I have to go all the way back. You remember in the beginning when the, the first people I mentioned were Dell and Stan, and I paused uh-huh. there for a moment because I remember, what was it? Did, how did I meet them? So I was sitting at breakfast with Beric and Sheba while you were off doing your walk in the morning. Whew. And we were talking, I was asking them, have you guys met any of the podcast listeners yet? Because that happens to us all the time, people from the you know, that listen to the podcast say hey I recognize your voice or something like that mm-hmm. and as we're sitting there talking uh, Adele was sitting at the table next to us <laughs> and she says hey I recognize your voice <laughs> so that was
1: fun I think we I think I've
0: met Adele before
1: maybe yeah. Adele Stan. but but that was a lot of fun awesome so lots of shout outs to the people at floating world and we know there was a lot more and you know what that was I had some I had fun during that event. And what's going on in my head is my pony ride. <laughs> I got to ride a pony. And it was really neat because it wasn't like on the back of a pony. You know, you get you get the, the stand-up horses mm-hmm. that have the, the saddles on their shoulders. It wasn't that, that. Maybe I should put that on my bucket list for when I lose a little bit more weight. <laughs> and it wasn't a cart, per se. The pony was not pulling a cart. But the pony was pulling was a mock-up of a pony that had a real saddle on it Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like like a a grocery store ride so you get to slide onto the onto the real real saddle straddle a pony and get pulled by a pony Mm -hmm. it was really cool yeah I got to kick my feet and she rode me around, pulled me around the vendors area and the kinky carnival area and, you know, the dungeon's huge, so she got to ride me all around. It was kind of neat. Was that
0: a uh, going to lead you in a, to a fetish of any sort for pony play or was that just that one little individual thing was neat? That
1: was just that one little individual thing, I, I think. I don't see it leading into a fetish. It was more fun. And it was more of um, old Dawn wouldn't have made the point to do it, mm-hmm. and new Dawn had fun with it sort of thing. You know? It was just one of those stepping out of my comfort zone sort of things, doing it on purpose, and then being open and mindful of the experience, which we've certainly been teaching a lot in right. the last couple of weeks, You know, and just being mindful to the fun of it, so... You know, like I said, a long time ago, I would have been worried about people watching me, what were people thinking, how were they labeling me, blah, blah, blah. So, just took a step out and had a good time. Well, good. So, that was fun. Oh, floating world.
0: I will mention that we have a new subscriber on the uh, Erotic Awakening newsletter, Matt from North Carolina, and we can't do the... Me say one, you say one, me say one, and then we talk about where they're from because we only have the one subscriber on this episode. On this episode. We actually, because we're running behind, we actually have quite the number of them for next episode, I think.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And I am writing myself a note that those subscribers need a newsletter.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That thing they've subscribed to, they should actually get one I did put one
1: out last month, but this month, oh my... Oh, I felt like George talking t- for a moment. Oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> but August is almost done. This weekend is the end of August. Oh, good Lord. I know. So i got to get it out before the 31st. In
0: geek news, we <laughs> listened to William Shatner's Star Trek movie memoirs on the oh, way to we New did. Jersey. And a very, uh, very good book. The only thing uh, I would take away from it that uh, he didn't quite take enough responsibility for directing the shambles of Star Trek V. Really? And, and there's a geek moment. <laughs> I think he did. Good audio book though. Very oh, well, well done good You audiobook. know what?
1: And he read that book and I was afraid it was going to be a slow <laughs> read at, you know. But he actually did a really good job and some of the stories that he related were really cool. Especially when the kids saw him outside of his little mobile home parked in someone's uh, yeah, yeah. someone's driveway and the kid thought that he really was.
0: You from know, outer space, from and outer such. space, yes. so we'll and where that.
1: Spock was. We'll
0: leave that for the geeky podcast. <laughs> and
1: that the dog was a Klingon horse. <laughs> okay, a little too geeky, I know. But Wrong I
0: loved podcast. It. <laughs> we'll start a geeky and geeky podcast. As a matter of fact, this probably they'd probably well, that it would on be the fun because he's going to be. What if in that town? podcast is still around?
1: I don't know. That would be cool, though. I think it is actually. I think I just downloaded it before I had to yeah, wipe my well, phone. There you go. But William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy is actually going to be in town. I think we mentioned that as well
0: we did we did uh i also
1: want to mention that thank you m and
0: r uh your donation has kept the podcast on the air uh actually your your donation has actually taken us a little above what our normal requirements are to keep us up and running and um that's going to really help us out a lot when things like our sponsors uh wrap up their current engagements that they have with us um it's always nice to know we can record next month's yeah <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And, it, you know, it's a little less pressure on us and blah, blah, blah. We, you know, we mentioned on occasion that uh, – and we've actually been ta- interviewing and talking with a lot of other podcasters lately about how we're uh, – how podcasting is not a money-making thing and all this kind of jazz. Short version of it is, thank you very much, MNR. Your donation means that the podcast for about two months did not come out of our pocket – Which is always a uh, very much appreciated and nice way for for our listeners. uh, Just another way they can say thank you that we appreciate.
1: So yay! (laughs) Uh,
0: We also um, then, after he made his donation, he said, "Hey, can you talk a little bit about punishment?" And he's having some difficulties with punishment because he's a forgiver. And we said, "No, fuck you. Go listen to episode two (laughs) sixteen. We already did that." I don't think we used the term fuck you to no, our latest no, no, contributor. No. no, but
1: we did point it out. Because so, sometimes it's hard to remember which ones we've done podcasts on after four years. Oh, so we had to go track it back as well to see if we had done one on punishment. And um, it's actually kind of interesting that in our mindful classes or classes where we teach mindfulness and such, people are asking us how do we punish when we're in the moment and it's forgiven. You know, And I can see how that can be... a Oh, I'm going to say this word twice in one week, conundrum, (laughs) for masters and difficult for slaves because slaves want to be punished. They want to be held accountable. You know, I don't want to be punished, but I want to be held accountable when being held accountable is what's being called for. Sure. So I can see where it gets a little difficult. Uh, And
0: we could certainly revisit that topic at some point, but Mm -hmm. for now... We pushed him to a different episode. We did. Uh, and also, but let's get to the important part of all this, the uh, food on boobs, the video. So recently, the uh, Columbus here has a oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. group of fetish photographers. Yes. And uh, they have a monthly meeting. They get together. They do photo shoots. And they do photo shoots for a variety of different things. This month, after the photo shoots, our own slave uh, bat... Uh, I think pushed the photo group into doing, (laughs) and this was after their normal thing, doing the food on boob photo shoot. So they uh, got together, they took a bunch of pictures of food on boobs, and that put it together as a kind of (laughs) video thing. She likes
1: putting videos together. so
0: And she does a wonderful job of it. uh, She was
1: going to make a calendar out of it. No, so it was bullshit. a different picture for <laughs> each month, and instead, did the video, and it's some country song about show me your titties or something like that. So you can put it in the in the same spot as your Benny Hill master tried to tie me up video. <laughs> that was after one of our photo shoots. That'd be so much fun. That is fun.
0: So thank you very much, Beth, for the end. All the other participants, all the photographers, and of course, all the lovely boobs. <laughs> uh, and you know what the, the funny thing is and this will be a little foreshadowing I was going to say that is the greatest food on boobs that I've received and Ooh, at, the was gonna that, say, at the
1: point at the point that was done that was yeah. yes
0: but that's a little foreshadowing I have to tune in next week to see how someone tried to top that and if they were successful
1: awesome awesome uh,
0: we got a Facebook like from the Robert and unfortunately uh, we're just Blasting through here, we're gonna get through well, the smokers. I shouldn't say. Unfortunately, we're getting no a lot
1: more contact through FetLife too, which is. Uh, I guess it's easy to find us. It's just that our names are different on FetLife than they are on almost anything else. But they're probably joining the group and then seeing and then us seeing through who there. We are. I mean, right, which is sure. fine. It's not. You know, it's just that we don't usually mention it on the podcast. So it's neat when something comes through Fet, uh, Fetmail, and we have. Um, let's see, DJ, just a listener saying hi.
0: And Obsidian Rain also wrote in saying hi and said that uh, they were having a funky day and we brought a smile to their day. Quite the good photographer, Obsidian Rain.
1: Ooh, the ruse and his wife adore the podcast. So always appreciated
0: (laughs) hearing from people that are digging what we're doing.
1: You know, it, it really helps, and I know we've said this before, but it really helps on those rough days. I mean, it is... Whew. It is just past six thirty a.m. Yep. <laughs> so to get up and do this every day, I mean, of course, we like to talk, as anybody that met us has found out. But um, the thank yous and the hey, this is cool, yeah. just stuff motivating, motivating. That's the word. Good word. We,
0: next week we will talk about Japanese culture towards sex, because Suv, Suvuel actually gave us a fantastic uh, understanding of why we pictureate bukaki. And Void uh, George has a new tentacle leak, that, so you'll just have to kick those over to next week's
1: oh, okay. notes, because we still have
0: to mention that. Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by Smitten Kitten. Smitten Kitten is your online resource and personal guide to all things sex-related. They offer over 3,000 unique products and have served the sex-positive community for over 10 years. From strap-ons to strap-on education, Ooh. you'll find it all at smittenkittenonline.com.
1: Ooh, strap once. You know, my strap one's still a virgin. Uh,
0: you've mentioned that uh, a number of times, and you know no what? one has taken you up on it.
1: I've actually had that poor strap one for wow. Well, I don't want to say how long.
0: We <laughs> have actually a, <laughs> a little internal, a little contest between each other.
1: Uh oh. Do as we? As you remember, and I don't know about it. No, no, you know about it. I know it. about it.
0: Yes, this is the point contest exercise related.
1: Oh yeah.
0: You could set, and one of the opportunities in the for the contest is you could set a. Uh, the other partner has to set up a scene for you. Yeah. So the fact that your strap-on is a virgin is your fault, not the strap-ons.
1: <laughs> I just cashed in some of my exercise points though. We should try to explain one time how we're doing these exercise points, but it's complicated to anybody on the outside, but it seems to be working for us. Keeps us exercising each day. I think I'm gonna put a picture of that, that thing that I bought with my points. You should on Fet Life. <laughs> it you quite i like it's that pretty thing. i know but it's really pretty so awesome awesome
0: adventures in sexuality is sponsored in part as well by adventures in erotic <laughs> see oh, that's why you're see? supposed to do this one <laughs> why don't you give it a try
1: i will give it a try oh erotic awakening is sponsored in part by adventures in sexuality central ohio's kinky fun group their next event is cope I believe tickets are sold out at this point. If not, there is a waiting, or if, if they are, there is a waiting list, I'm sure. And that is the second week. Oh, see, now I'm doing it off the top of my head. Mid-September <laughs> for Cope with a Friday night theme of sci-fi. So I'm hoping I can come up with some sort of costume. Anyway, Columbus, Ohio, mid-September. Find out more at adventuresinsexuality.org
0: and are getting to the point of our awesome interview with Ruffin Murado but before we do that we would like you to rate us on iTunes tweet about us lick us on Facebook and tell your friends if you are going to rate us on iTunes don't mention how uh, rushed today's show is. At least it felt rushed to me. I don't know about it felt you. a little
1: rushed to me too, so and you know what? We need more topics to talk about as well. So we found some good topics over the weekend to talk to people about. Mm-hmm. But if you've got an idea of a topic that we can do that has not been done already or can be done in a different way, you can write us at Dan and Dawn at eroticawakening.com. dot com.
0: You can just use the got comment for Got the got comment form. (laughs) Y'all could just use that got comment form on the webpage, (laughs) eroticawakening.com.
1: Or contact us through FetLife at the group Erotic Awakening. Two words.
0: And, of course, we always have voicemail (laughs) 614-414-2072. Awesome. Smoking. Yes. Have you
1: tried smoking a cigar?
0: Well, yes. As a matter of fact, now, I was a cigar... Uh, I tried to be a cigar smoker for a while and I completely blamed Sarah Sloan mm. as she is an ex-cigarette tobacco smoker right. and as I am. And she said, no, no, it's two separate things that smoking cigars will not lead you back into your cigarette addiction. I said, okay, I'll give it a shot. And um, Master Eric, actually, of Cleveland area, actually helped me to understand that the cigar smoking is an entire uh, it's not just smoking a cigar. Yeah, it's like a... It's a culture. A culture, yes. yes. And I think we talked a little bit about that in the interview. Um, but the, today, uh, you know what? Uh, my lungs don't deal with it very well. And I understand right. you just keep the smoke in your mouth. Uh, but last couple times I've smoked a cigar, I've had the wheezy breath.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Maybe I'm just not doing it right.
1: Well, it could be. So maybe we need someone to train us again. But I even tagged along with you for a while. hmm Smoking, getting my little vanilla cigars and, you know, things like that. It's kind of neat when you walk into a cigar shop and it's like, ooh, what kind of cigar do I want today? And there's like shit like vanilla and blackberry and blueberry Mm -hmm. and I like berries and vanillas and soft stuff and it's kind of (laughs) neat. You should have made that noise to Ruff (laughs) and Oh, he was.
0: So, Don, um, how's your ash? How's my ash? Yes. Uh, so, here
1: we are. I know my ass is okay. <laughs> well,
0: that's good. Uh, here we are still at the Great Lakes Leather Alliance Leather Weekend. Mm-hmm. And they have the Ash Bash here. And do you know
1: what that's about? I do, actually. Am I supposed to feign innocence? If you would, that would help our guest. Okay, no, I have no clue what that's about. Lucky for us,
2: we have Ruffin Murato. Did I even get close? That's kind of close. Ruffin Murato. Ruffin
0: Murato here joining us, national, international presenter. We managed to trick him into coming into our room because I said I had a spare cigar and I didn't know how to smoke (laughs) it. Uh, So, you. So, thank you. First off, thank you for being on the podcast.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: Now, not only do you do a variety of other stuff, and we sat here and we talked about all the interesting presentations mm-hmm. that you do around the country, and in our new home, Canada, our yes. new home country. We love Canada. Um, <laughs> we love the <laughs> Canada. Um,
2: but the end of the canad.
0: The land, oh, is it? Yes. I have an Atuk. I have a toouk, so I'm a citizen, Excellent. I think. Excellent. Um, <laughs> one of the things you do in your home base of Chicago, though, is you run a... A
1: smoker, is that right?
2: That's right. So what
1: is a smoker? I was thinking it was a barbecue pit, but that's probably not so, huh?
2: I like that idea, but that's (laughs) not what this one is. Um, A smoker is kind of like a a munch. So whereas a slush uh, is a social event that centers around alcohol and a munch is a social event that centers around food, a smoker is a kinky social event that centers around cigars.
0: Nice. Okay. Why would anyone go to one? Is there that many cigar smokers in the lifestyle? Or? You
2: know, it's really gaining in popularity. It's been it's really been picking up the last oh I don't know two three four five years maybe. Nice. Um, it's uh, it's really prevalent in the leather community. Um, it's uh, it's a nice civilized way to sit back and have uh, a cigar and a drink, and um, if you're lucky enough to have a facility where you can do a little bit of cigar play at the same time. Um, do all of the above and socialize. Nice.
1: Now, Is it? go ahead, Don. Uh, I was going to say so, would you consider this as a tool to center around for socializing, or would you consider it a fetish, or maybe a little bit of both?
2: I think it would completely depend on who you ask. Okay. Um, there are people who definitely fetishize it. Mm hmm. Uh, personally, it's something that I really enjoy, uh, and I know that a lot of the people who come to them seem to really enjoy it. I haven't seen that glint in the eye that says, "Oh God," it's <laughs>
1: um,
2: but you know, they could be under the under my radar. I don't even know. Um, for most people, it's it's um, uh, a social contrivance. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Mostly leather crowd that comes to
2: yours, or we, we get um, a really interesting crossover, which is very interesting because. Chicago's kink community Chicago in general is so large mm-hmm. that um, given the nature of human organizations, anytime something gets too big it fractures right sure um, and our scene is so big that it's very spe- separate and distinct It's not that just we we just have the kink scene we've got the kink scene and then you know there's the rope people but you know the rope community is so big that it's like well you know we do left-handed rope um,
1: <laughs>
2: so The idea that you could find one social event in Chicago that has got the gay leather crowd, the het leather crowd, the kink crowd, even a little bit of the poly crowd coming into one place at one time is uh, something that I had never seen before. But that's who we're getting. It's, It's really amazing. And everyone comes together and has a great time and chills out for about three and a half hours on a Sunday night and goes home. Well, that's neat. And
0: there's very other, there's few other things that have that kind of cross reach. I granted, like a leather event like GLLA is a pansexual event, but it's primarily a leather event with some kinksters that visit. And an event like in Chicago, Kinky College, right? That's a,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Nowadays, I think that it'd be fair to say it's mostly a kinky event with some leather folk that wander in.
2: I think that's probably fair, yeah.
0: So, there's, so, but you're saying the cigar events more of a it's, it draws from everybody.
2: Well, you know, it varies city to city. Um, Minneapolis's uh, Smoker, um, which is run by um, in Inre- Retropedia and Scotty, um, they they get, Not, yes. Big, oh, the big Scotty. Scotty, big Scotty. Uh, uh, Scotty no one's yes. seeing
1: the hand motions on the podcast. Everybody's no, got yes. their hands up in the air. Tall <laughs> Scotty. Yes, Scotty. <laughs>
2: um, they, they get um, a decidedly um, kinky crowd, but they, they've got a lot of leather in their kink scene to begin with. There, Okay. okay. Um, there are um, smokers. There's a, a smoker called Chica- Cigars, Boots, and Chocolate, mm. which um, our, our smoker is affiliated with, even though we call it Cigar Chicago. Um, and um, the various chapters of CBC like that, Um, uh, draw different crowds according to the community and probably according to the organizers. Now, if I ended up going to one of these cigar smokers, Mm -hmm. is it like when
0: I go to, uh, and not that I do this, but if I did go to drink wine, where I think my choices are red wine and white wine and don't drink chicken with white wine or something like that? Never drink chicken
1: anyway. (laughs) If you did, don't have it with white wine or something. And probably wine out of a box isn't the the level that you want to be drinking at to go. In my understanding of the,
0: I had a brief foray of trying to be a cigar smoker, and I went to find a cigar. And there's like hundreds of different cigars, and there's different flavors and. I mean, how how difficult it is to to become a cigar smoker?
2: I mean. Oh well, it's not difficult at all to become a cigar smoker. You just light one and start smoking it, and you're a cigar smoker. Um, Knowing. So that part that I did,
0: where I coughed, hacked, and threw up.
2: Don't inhale the cigar. (laughs) Oh right. Yeah, cigar smoking is all in the mouth. It doesn't go past the windpipe. Okay. Um, because that's a good way to turn green in, in yeah. a very, very bad way. <laughs> um, you know, cigars, selecting a cigar and knowing what you like is a really complex thing. And I don't mean to put um, this sort of, you know, mountain in front of people and make it more intimidating. It shouldn't be. Um, I think that a much better way to go is just find somebody who knows a good cigar to recommend to you. Mm. You don't have to learn everything about cigars. Just learn who recommends a good cigar for you, mm-hmm. and then ask them, "Hey, what should I get?" Most smoke shops will have people on staff, and once they get to know you, they'll be able to recommend something. You can say, "Hey, last time I had blah blah blah, and I really liked it. What do you think? What do you think I should try?" And they'll go, "You know, we just got some of these in. You might want to try this."
0: Okay. Is this an expensive habit?
2: It doesn't have to be. Um, you can get a good cigar for five bucks. Okay. You can get a better cigar for ten. You can get a really nice cigar for twenty. It it totally depends. What's the most you've ever spent for a cigar? The most I've ever spent for a cigar. Um, uh, that is not the same as the most expensive cigar I've ever smoked. Um, I've probably only spent uh, in the in the twenties on a cigar.
0: Well, I'm liking the other question that you yeah, didn't answer. Cigar yeah. <laughs>
2: culture is a is interesting. It's a it's a very strongly gifting culture. Okay. A lot of cigars are gifted to other people. Um, and I was once gifted a cigar whose value I don't even know, but oh my God, was it good. I would guess that it was probably in the 40s, somewhere.
0: Okay. And it does really matter, then.
2: There are, there are better and worse cigars, and a lot of it is subjective. A lot of it is just what you like, because the cigar that you really like might not suit my tastes, or okay. vice versa.
0: And I will say that when... When I did take the foray into being a cigar smoker, I told Mm -hmm. uh, uh, a good friend of mine, Master Eric, and he was quite thrilled. And you're right, there is a culture behind it that I didn't understand. He gave me some magazines, he gave me a little box to put my cigars in, Mm -hmm. and he said, Now listen, when you drop the box, you'll hear it seals. It doesn't go clank, it goes seal." So giving gave me this little personal humidor thingamajigger, mm-hmm. and it had this other thingamajigger. For the humidity. And the thing and the place. And the, right. So it's
1: not and like... And clipper thing and the... Yeah, yeah.
0: You know. mm-hmm. So this whole thing, and I will have to perhaps argue
2: a little bit that it's not as simple as show up and smoke a cigar. Well, it can be because you don't have to own any of that stuff. Okay. For instance, our smoker is held in a cigar shop. We've got a really good arrangement with a cigar shop um, that's in the... Um, a very alternative part of Chicago, near Boys Town. A lot of leather, punk rock used to be around there in the okay. 80s. And so they're very used to alternative lifestyles. Um, they're very happy to partner with us. So what we do is we take over the shop on a Sunday night. They close their doors at six o'clock. We start at 6.30, um, and we have the run of the shop. But That also means that they've got a couple of employees there for us, and we've got the run of their humidor. Okay. That, that's sort of the exchange. You know, when right. you go to a munch, generally the munch organizers aren't renting the space. It's just we know everybody here is buying off the menu, and so that's worth it for the restaurant. Okay. Right? Um, same thing with um, with our smoker is that uh, they know that we're buying cigars out of their humidor, and that makes it worth it for them to stay open an, an extra couple hours and give us the whole sure. shop. So you don't have to buy a cutter, buy a torch, buy a humidor Stock that humidor with things that you know you like. You don't have to do all of that. You might wind up doing it after a while, but you don't have to. All you really have to do is show up, buy a cigar, smoke it, and see what you think.
1: Okay. So, I know in, uh, what was it, Puerto Rico, we got the hand rolled cigars. Mm. So, that was kind of dangerous though because we like passed one back and forth because we didn't think either one of us could finish a whole one. Mm-hmm. A hand-rolled cigar that you pass back and forth as you're walking down the street kind of has a different feel to it than a smoker, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Really. <laughs> we started the routine right then, yeah. it was bad. It yeah.
0: just yeah. wasn't going the way we wanted it to go. Are you getting any pushback from, and maybe the cigar, sol- sol- the cigar culture is separate enough, but for we've found the distinct, at least in Ohio, it's not really pro-smoker in Ohio anymore. Mm-hmm. And the only the only term we travel where smoking is acceptable is like Kentucky now. Yeah, right, is the cigar so separate from tobacco regular t- smoking cigarettes that there's no pushback on? Oh that? no,
2: there's plenty of pushback. It's actually very difficult to find a space to do everything we want to do. In fact, um, the only space that I'm aware of where they get to do everything they want to do is in Minneapolis. Um, Baltimore used to have one, but. They lost their spa- their space burned down. I'm not sure what their that's a completely <laughs> unrelated to the smoker. Just bad luck. Um, uh, yeah, that's Loci's group. So if it burned down, it's Lokai's. Um, uh, for instance, where we are, we can we can smoke, we can BYOB, um, but we can't have nudity. Or any sort of cigar play that involves nudity, okay. because the shop has windows that face the street. Sure, mm-hmm. you know. Um, uh, what did you just ask me? Cigarettes. Oh, pushback ciga- push back on cigar yeah. on tobacco. Kickback. Yeah. Pushback. <laughs> um, I'm sure there's kickback. <laughs> it is Chicago after all. <laughs> all. Right. Um, yeah, Chicago's is, is not a smoker friendly city anymore. Right. Um, there are tobacco bans. The bans on smoking cigars is even heavier, which is kind of funny because Chicago's a real, um, you know, meat and potato and Al Capone and having a stogie kind of a town. Or at least it's got that that kind of, kind of feeling, maybe? or reputation. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Sure. But the only places in Chicago where you can smoke a cigar are places that had the license before the ban went into effect, and their grandfather. Hmm. Or private place. Okay. okay. So yeah, it's it's actually rather difficult. Um, in searching for a space, there were a lot of people who were like, "You're what group? Who are you people? No, no, I, I don't think you can do that here. Right. You know. Uh, so. yeah.
1: Well, even in Columbus, there's actually a cigar social going on. I think it's tonight. Is there? Mm-hmm. So there's Is a couple of a boot the blacks. I don't think. so I'm not sure. I'm okay. not sure. Um, I think it's actually one of our old house members, so that is uh, hosting it. It's for, is
0: it for the Boot Black Fund or is mm-hmm. it for? It's the, for the okay. Boot Black Fund. Okay. Right.
1: So they're doing it for the Boot Black Fund, and um, they're having to have it in a personal house because mm-hmm. they're having a hard time. You know, finding a place to, yeah. to have it that's public. So. And, and
0: I have to admit that, again, I, I go through my little cigar phase. We ended up having cigars and poker night at my apartment.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, it was a little harsh. It was a little rough. It's it was, a little harsh. Because we're a not a smoking house, so to come in and, after. <laughs>
2: and those cigars linger in the, yes. in the shag carpeting, don't they? <laughs> um, I assume like me, you have wall-to-wall shag. No. Um, <laughs> the great thing about smoke shops is they have these things called smoke eaters. That right. are special um, purifying units that pull the ciga- the tobacco smoke out of the air, so you can have a cigar shop full of people sitting there smoking cigars all day long, and people don't freaking die.
1: Right. That's what was on the cruise ship. That's what just made me think. The smoke eaters they actually have mm-hmm. cigar bars.
2: Yeah, exactly on the cruise
1: ships that we would we, we would okay. go into. Yeah, the really-
2: smoke eater. Generally, if you walk into a cigar shop and you see a large box <laughs> that, that's about four feet long and about Two feet wide, sticking out of the ceiling, and it looks like it's got vents on it. That's probably okay. a smoke eater.
0: Good, good. See, uh, this is this is why it's an educational podcast. I assume that was a fetish. What smoke, smoke eater? Yeah. <laughs> I'll edit in some laughter <laughs> for
2: myself. Later, apparently, a I thought okay. that. Get had a, a rib shot in there. Okay. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> so, one more question for you, if you don't mind. Um, How do I learn it more about becoming a going to a smoker?
2: How do you learn more about going to a smoker? Um, Well, uh, you can look up, if you're on FetLife, you can go to Cigar, Boots, and Chocolate as a group, um, and there are listings of various local um, uh, cigar, boots, and and chocolate smokers. Um, If you're in, around, visiting whatever Chicago, um, you can go to the Cigar Chicago group on FetLife. Or, um, if you don't have access to FetLife, you can go to roughcrowd.org, And um, both uh, the Rough Crowd, Rough Body Play workshops and our smokers are all listed there.
0: Fantastic. Thank you very much for being on the podcast today.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: Light them up if you got them. Yay.